0: News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Macias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to the Luke Macias Show. Educrats in Texas have had control of the Texas House of Representatives for as long as I have been involved in Texas politics. They have almost every single Democrat at their beck and call and they elect enough moderate Republicans, which gives them a governing majority of the Texas House. This session, that let's say alliance that they have created is faltering and they are in a position where multiple of their fiefdoms are being threatened. This week, we had hearings on school choice legislation, as well as HB 900, which is about getting rid of pornographic materials out of school libraries. These brought some very stark contrast to light, and it also showed that the existing alliance in the Texas House is breaking, and we might be set up for the first time ever to pass significant education reform that breaks the teacher unions back. This is what we're gonna talk about today. Let's get to the show. Tuesday kicked off the first meaningful education debate in the legislature, and it happened in the Texas House of Representatives, the Public Education Committee, with Jared Patterson's bill, HB 900. HB 900 simply would say that sexually explicit material does not belong in public school libraries, okay? Imagine if, Children in public school went to their friends and said, hey, did you know that there's a library right over there? And if you go to any of these sections, you can find significantly sexually explicit material. Okay, well, that's the current status quo of our education system. And if you don't think it is, we're going to start off the show today. I want to go to a quick clip of a news story that happened like literally just this week in El Paso. Let's go to this clip and this is going to really help us, get, give us a bit of a backdrop for the discussion that happened around HB 900. So let's go to this clip.
1: Thank you for that report. A book causing concern in the Canuntío Independent School District is now back on the library shelf at Canuntío High School. KTSM 9 News reporter Shelby Cap was at a school board meeting tonight where community members shared their concerns. THE BOOK CALLED GENDER QUEER IS ONCE AGAIN AVAILABLE TO BE CHECKED OUT AT THE Canateo HIGH SCHOOL LIBRARY AFTER A COMMITTEE VOTED 8-1 to TO KEEP THE BOOK. BUT AT TONIGHT'S SCHOOL BOARD MEETING COMMUNITY MEMBERS SHOWED UP TO ONCE AGAIN EXPRESS THEIR CONCERNS ABOUT THE BOOK AND EVEN BROUGHT POSTERS WITH IMAGES OUT OF THE BOOK PRINTED ON THEM THAT THEY CALL PORNOGRAPHIC.
0: IT DISPLAYS EXPLICIT SEXUAL SCENES.
1: Which are pornography. Here you can see the photos displayed at the meeting as parents voice their concerns. This is not about a gender
2: issue. This is about pornography, explicit sexual
1: scenes. Anoto ISD telling KTSM the committee that voted to keep the book was made up of parents, teachers, instructional staff, and librarians. But another parent stood up to say,
0: this, "The on this issue about the book, I don't have a kid in high school, so I wasn't going to address it, but." Why can't we vote on it? We vote on everything else.
1: Following public comment, CISD board trustees Blanca Trout and Laurie Searles spoke out calling for an item about the book to be put on the agenda. Place the subject in the agenda for the subsequent meeting. Okay. The I'm requesting to the place of it's the agenda line. the subsequent the meeting of the book
0: gender clear. I can't mean, get three board members okay. Okay. to put an agenda item on. I'm being stifled.
1: Board trustee president Sergio Coronado responding.
2: This, this uh, committee has uh, made its decision. There's a policy in
1: place.
2: <inaudible> <at> the, <inaudible> <inaudible>
1: the author of the book Maya KOBAPE, wrote an opinion piece that was published in the Washington Post titled "Schools Are Banning My Book, But Queer Kids Need Queer Stories." And the vice president of the El Paso Young Democrats telling KTSM he's read the book.
0: And I thought it was a book that very few people could understand, you know, being a member of the LGBTQIA community myself, um, I know it's hard for young people to come out to their family.
1: Now the Canateo Independent School District says when the book was a challenge, they followed a policy called EF Local. Now for more, you can go to KTSM.com. Reporting from Canateo, Shelby Cap, KTSM 9 News.
0: Here's the irony with that news story. It was aired on TV and the actual pictures from the actual book are blurred out. And the reason they are blurred out is because the FCC will not let those pictures on public television. So understand that this school district is saying, hey, this content that is literally not allowed on public television should be readily available for 13-year-old high school students to walk in and view, read, and consume without their parents' consent and not even without their parents' consent. In fact, it's really interesting, there was this discussion around HB 900, and there's a lot of people who have said, hey, maybe we should put policies in place that basically just say that parents can consent to this kind of stuff. But I want to be clear. We shouldn't allow parents to consent to giving their children pornography, okay? I mean, think about the logic of this for just a second. At what point do you draw the line? So. Should it be okay for a six-year-old to view sexually pornographic material as long as mom and dad are like, we think this is educational for you? No. The parental rights have limitations. And this is something we talked about last, I mean, earlier this week when it came just to the gender modification issue. And it's also coming out in this library issue as well. HB 900 is very simple though. All it does is say that sexually explicit material cannot be in Texas schools, so that when these book committees come together, like this set of nine parents and administrators and teachers that look at the books, they're looking at the books and they're saying, if they have this material, they cannot be here. We're not giving discretion to this group, uh, clearly of parents that failed to protect the El Paso children. We're not giving them the discretion to say, yes, this type of filth can be in our libraries. Now, here's the crazy thing that happened during the hearing of HB 900. And I wish I could bring you some of these clips. But sadly, at the time of the filming of this show, the hearing is still not even online. It was a very long hearing. Sometimes these hearings take a little longer to actually become public. So at some point, we will post some of these different clips for y'all to see and consume. But you have to understand, there was one time that the president of the Texas Library Association was testifying before the committee. And she testified on the bill. She wasn't really against the bill, but she listed all these reasons why this bill was a very bad thing and why we should trust our librarians, librarians that have put thousands of books with sexually explicit material in our public school libraries. So Representative Cole Hefner from East Texas asked her a simple question. Do you think that any of these books that we have discussed so far, including, by the way, that book, which had to get blurred out when it was on a TV screen, on public TV. He's saying, are there any books in our schools that you believe are inappropriate and should be removed? And her answer was, you know, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. This is after she knows the material. She's seen the books. She's been there during the hearing while the members of the legislature are looking at these different pictures. These are the type of completely nude pornographic pictures depicting all kinds of various sexual acts that children have access to. And she's saying, well, it's hard to say. What happened during HB 900 is that education group after education group, public school group after public school group opposed HB 900. Or what they would do is they'd say, we're gonna testify on the bill, but we're gonna list all the problems with the bill. There wasn't a single public education, educrat-oriented group that got up and said, we absolutely need to protect children from this sexually explicit material. The media has an agenda and having seen behind the curtain, I can tell you it's not what's in your best interests. That's why I started the Salcedo Storm Podcast every weekday. We'll talk for real Texans, the Salcedo Storm Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. But the Public Education Committee seems very poised to actually pass this policy. This is good news for us. It's also revealing the fact that the teacher unions, the hold that they have had on the Texas House of Representatives, is beginning to loosen. And we've seen this for the last nine months. I remember talking about this when Representative Cody Harris, who's now on the Public Education Committee, was actually putting out statements saying, hey, I am returning money to teacher unions. I'm not accepting their support. This is a representative who was literally elected with every single teacher union oriented group backing his election to the Texas House of Representatives. I believe that his placement on the public education committee was a specific signal from Speaker Dave Phelan that he was trying to put people on the committee who teacher unions wouldn't be able to complain about because they literally elected these people, but people who have already voiced vocally their opposition to some of the liberal ideologies that unions are perpetuating into the lives of students. Cody Harris is kind of trying to have his cake and eat it too, and here's why. Every statement he put out, the statement he put out on school choice was interesting. He said, look, there's indoctrination happening in our schools, but it's not happening in rural Texas. It's happening in urban Texas. So the insinuation is we're probably gonna have to do something about school choice because urban Texas is indoctrinating kids, not rural Texas. Now, interestingly enough, even during the hearing of HB900, there were tons of parents from rural schools coming in and saying, all of this filth is in our rural school libraries. Now, I don't believe that Cody Harris is going to try to draw out the rural communities and say, well, rural libraries can have this kind of filth in the school system, but you're seeing, it's like when you move the Overton window and when these lawmakers start to shift on these issues, they have to do so incrementally, right? So the fact that Cody Harris is moving on school choice, the fact that he's moving on, you know, basically taking this discretion away from public school employees like the librarians is something that he is doing, but he has to do so while basically saying, I'm not doing this to affect anything in my district. My district, of course, doesn't have any of these problems. It must be other districts, so I'm going to support this policy to protect other districts because everything in my district is cool. Now, the reality is everything in his district is not cool, but he's still going to say that. And honestly, I don't care what he says as long as these policies actually pass. That takes us to the hearing that happened yesterday on Senate Bill 8. This is the school choice bill being pushed in the Texas Senate as a priority of Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who has been a proponent of school choice since his time in the state Senate as a, as a Senator, his t- entire tenure as a Lieutenant Governor. He has led the charge on this policy. Now, for the last couple of sessions, honestly, the Senate hasn't even pushed this issue aggressively because they didn't have the votes in the Texas House of Representatives. So basically, it was set up to where these senators were taking tough votes that were hurting them and causing them to have all these enemies in their districts for no reason because everyone knew that the Texas House of Representatives was gonna kill the policy anyways. Well, now that there is this real momentum, Governor Abbott has come out in support of it, Dan Patrick has gotten very aggressive on the policy and there are these. there's this window that's been cracked open on the ho- side of the Texas House of Representatives. We're seeing this policy actually being brought forth in a quick manner being considered in the Senate. Here's what's interesting yet again. And and a lot of this video is is also not available yet. There there are some videos out there. We're going to go to a clip of Senator Creighton talking with Senator Jose Menendez. Jose Menendez is a Democrat state senator. He's actually my Democrat state senator. Uh, And so he is out of the San Antonio area. Brandon Creighton is the chairman of the Public Education and Higher Education Committee. Those are combined on the Senate side. There are two different committees on the House side. He is the one bringing forth this policy. There's a an interesting exchange that happens that I think helps bring to light the conversation that's happening in the legislature right now. Let's go to this clip.
2: Uh, private schools you know, will set their criteria that's, and, and parents will make the decision on whether or not that criteria is fair or not. And they will make a decision on using that school whether it with regard to how it fits the needs of their kids. And that's really not up to us. That's best left to families. And their discernment is much greater and much more wise than ours is. Well, then why don't we do the same thing with public schools? Well, Why we, don't we let well, them do the research and see, you know, I mean, I don't understand. Because, well, with public schools, if public schools fail, do we close them automatically? No. If they fail two years in a row, do public schools fail? No, Absolutely no. not. No, no. Charter schools fail. Two years in a row, what happens? They close. Do you want to do the same thing with charter schools? Do you want to do the same thing with public schools? Do you want to close them if they fail two years in a row? There's a lot of things that we could make improvements on as we have this conversation, right?
0: Senator Creighton is somebody who, for a long time, has been an advocate for parents on this issue. and, And him being put in this position is a big win for conservatives. He's articulating well the existing status quo, okay? We have a system that receives all of our money. It exclusively goes to this monopolistic system. The only thing that's broken up that monopoly a little bit are charter schools, because charter schools are also public schools. But you have to understand, when charter schools inched their way into Texas and have expanded every single year since they became a reality, the teacher unions have fought tooth and nail every session to kill every single bill that in any way benefited a charter school, the expansion of charter school systems. See, they don't want parents to have other options. They want the default to be that if you need your kid educated and don't believe you have the time or money to do it yourself at home or to pay a private school to do it, then you have to get indoctrinated by this system. Historically, that's been... 85 to 90% of students in Texas. It's probably right now closer to 80% because COVID did see a withdrawal of more students than ever in history move to either private school or homeschool options. Great win for us. But they still have the default setting of being able to get every student whose parent doesn't make that choice. They get to have them, they get to indoctrinate them, and they get all the money to do it. All of our money to do it. Every property tax bill I pay for. My rental homes, my personal home, it, all of my family's homes. Guys, I got six siblings. My wife has nine siblings. Like, we have so many people in our family that own homes in Bear County. We are funding the public education system. We are funding the indoctrination of a lot of kids in our communities. And yes, we're trying to replace the school board members. And yes, we hope the superintendents change over. And yes, we hope that this library bill passes so sexually explicit material isn't in the libraries, but that doesn't fix everything. Because it's still in a model system where all of the money is stuck in the monopoly that is indoctrinating the kids of Texas. So the Senate is pushing this policy. The House has yet to have a hearing, but they've said they're gonna have a hearing. They've said they're gonna have a robust debate. I don't know where the votes are today. If I were to guess, a bill came up on the Texas House floor right now on school choice, I bet you it gets between 68 and 78 votes. And it needs 75, 76 votes to pass, okay? And I bet you it gets maybe and maybe it gets 80 at the highest. But there's a legitimate path for it. It's a small window. The teacher unions are going to gear up more than ever before. They are being threatened on every level. They're being told they can't give sexually explicit material to the kids. They're being told they can't teach CRT in classrooms. They can't teach people that they are defined by the color of their skin, not the content of their character. And now they're being told that if some of these students, parents, don't feel like you are doing a good job educating their child, they can take that child somewhere else. The money will follow the student and they're going to get less money as a result. Current legislation has in place a hold harmless where we literally pay off the schools to take the kid, okay? You're saying, hey, this kid's parents don't feel like you're doing a good job. Here's $5,000 for not educating them, and they still oppose the legislation. Understand, the public school system is being told, if this kid leaves, we're still giving you money, a little less money than we'd give if you were actually educating them, but you're getting paid to educate zero of a kid. None of this kid's education are you gonna do, but we're gonna pay you for him because he left your school. And they're still opposed to this policy. This is how much they want to keep these children trapped in the system. Understand their desire to have that kid goes beyond even just the financials. It's not just about them getting enough money in the door because they'll always get enough money in the door. We give them more money, we give them teacher pay raises, we give the retired teachers a 13th check, we give more money to the public education system. We did it last session. We did it session before. We've been steadily flowing more and more dollars into the education system, and they're still not happy. And now we've told them, if like 30,000 students leave, which is what it's capped at, this program, Senator Creighton said, is probably gonna be capped within the budget at about $500 million. And that, I think the rough math is like thirty-two to 33,000 students that get it over a two-year period of time. So they get it for two years, okay? Even under that math, They're like, absolutely not. We'll pay you $5,000 for every kid that leaves. No. We've given you a bunch of pay raises. No. It's the same thing with the porn in the libraries as it is with school choice. These educrats are losing control of their power. They don't like it and they're going to fight back. This session, we actually have an opportunity to start to to put Texas on a path to where we move away from our I mean, literally, I say generational alliance that there has, exi- that has existed in the Texas House of Representatives between Democrats and moderate Republicans. We have a window to move away from that alliance. I believe cracks within that alliance are forming. And if the conservative grassroots will unite behind education reform, we will continue to chip away at that alliance to the extent that I actually believe we will see policy victories at the end of the legislative session. That's all I have for you this week. I want you to stay tuned. There is so much going on, guys. Gender modification is being heard in the Texas House of Representatives next Monday. Tom Oliverson's bill. There's CRT, DEI legislation being heard in the Senate. Uh, Casino gambling legislation to push casinos, which would be horrific for Texas, were heard in state affairs uh, this last week. There's a ton of different bills that are getting heard. There's things that are moving. A ton of vaccine legislation and health freedom legislation was heard this week in both the Texas House of Representatives Public Health Committee and the Health and Human Services Committee, Lois Colcourse Committee. So there's a ton of policy that's going on. A lot is going to start moving. What I'm looking to see is, is there anything that's starting to stall? At this point, nothing has stalled. And what I mean by that is nothing really could stall at this point in the session. So if something was going slower, you wouldn't really know it. Two to three weeks from now, you'll know what in particular is being held up, what's being pulled back, what is being put in a position so that the Texas House of Representatives can say, oh, whoops, we ran out of time. That's what we're looking for. We're also trying to bring you enough updates on the actual good news of the policy that is moving forward. I hope you have a blessed weekend. God bless you, and God bless Texas.
1: Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. To find out more information about what's going on here in Texas, visit texasscorecard.com.